are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial justice and human rights are non-existent. We have been lulled into a trance. They have made us indifferent to ourselves, to others. We are focused only on our own game. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. You're listening to Toward Anarchy on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Here's your host, Michael Storm. ready for some truth i can handle some truth there's no doubt about it. i'm i'm more than ready for it you wouldn't even believe the the you know the the idea of the the story in the bible take the 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 splinter out of your eye that whole thing i i i pulled a splinter out of my ear <laughs> this thing must have been eight ten feet long uh if it was half an inch or or a quarter of an inch uh and and i so i think Maybe I'm ready that that ear is in the right place. It's in the right frame of mind. I'm always so happy to do this every week. Welcome to the show. It's Toward Anarchy. Uh, I'm Michael Storm. As always, it is my pleasure. It really truly is my pleasure to come here every Sunday, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, all around the world on the Republic Broadcasting Network. You can follow along with the show at TowardAnarchy.com. That's the easiest way. That's the, that's where it all begins. It's the Alpha and the Omega. If you want to get started off with a little blasphemy right away uh, this early in the day, uh, it is for me. It is the beginning and the end. Everything that I do starts there and ends there. Uh, everything that I'm talking about on the show, all the guests that I've had, all the links that I share, everything, it's all there. There, all the history. I'm on the record as they say, and I've collected the whole thing there toward anarchy.com, and it'll also link you to where you can follow us on the old social media. Of course, there's Facebook and X and Instagram, and that's all at Toward Anarchy. It's really just at Toward Anarchy. You'll get there. And then, of course, we're on TLB Talk as well. That's a little bit different on there, but just search, search out Toward Anarchy, or or you can put the dash Toward Anarchy thing it, it's it's just a little bit different than the rest of them in that in that respect, uh, but it's still just at toward anarchy wherever you're at. And please, when you're there, like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is, smash that button wherever you hear us from. We're all we're across all of the the streaming platforms, the major streaming platforms. We're just everywhere, uh, and wherever you find us, please give us that like. And uh, and if you go to TowardAnarchy.com, as I say, the Alpha, the Omega there, the beginning and the end, uh, you bring it all together, and, of course, you, you will find that there's links from any number of the guests and everything, including my guest today. And there's always the other stuff that I share. There's always a meme and a quote, and there's some other links. And I, I did a couple for fun this week, um, uh, 20 conspiracy theories that have been proven and, you know, how that how we are about facts and proof and truth around here. It doesn't matter. It makes no difference. People believe what they want to believe. Uh, and then uh, if you want, one of the things that I talk about a lot and I'm having some fun with and I've been using, using on all different ends of it from creating it to uh, just as a user creating using it to create images and to create uh, text and ideas and to chat with it's that that ai that's so-called ai that's out there uh, if you've ever wondered what what it's like from the inside i shared a link there about what it takes to build and train a large language model and you maybe you can discern for yourself whether you believe what they're doing constitutes a true uh, sort of intelligence or not <laughs> i would gather that it's not real smart uh, from my own experiences with it no man has a natural right to commit aggressions on the equal rights of another 
And this is all from which the laws ought to restrain him. That was Thomas Jefferson that said that. I, I don't always do that, but there's always a quote up there. There's always a meme. There's always something to share across the social media to get a conversation talking, whether it's those links or or the uh, the meme this week. It was about education. I, I was educated once. It took me years to get over it. But there's a full image there, too. It's not just the Twain quote, uh, it, you know, which sort of shows people happy children in a beautiful world being fed into a machine and spitting out you know black and white generic sad looking uh, graduates and all their creative and uh, creativity and intelligence has been sucked out of them boy that's a, i actually managed to describe that pretty well for once i don't really do that uh, the most important part while you're there if you look for february 4th if you're not with us live just click the episodes button 2024 february 4th you'll see right there it's theft season uh, some people call it tax season we know that taxation is theft uh it's that time of year when the uh the these clowns in government and and their cronies and banking and industry get together and uh use the IRS a, a quasi legal government agency to rob and and as an excuse to cage and and potentially i suppose as as all laws are murder you if you don't agree with them if you don't pay them uh so it's a bit of a and and they don't really know that's part of the trick right it's it's a bit of a game where you sort of sign yourself over to it that's a different conversation than we'll have today with my guest uh he's, he's an agorist attorney a voluntarist uh you might call him an anarchist uh and his name is Matthew Cersei, and he has uh, created this uh, Agorist Tax Advice, agoristaxadvice.com. Uh, the link is up there, and you can follow him at Agorist Tax on uh, uh, X and on Facebook. It's uh, at Agorist Tax Advisor, and, and, and those links are up there. You don't have to remember that stuff right now. Uh, just the important part that that uh, he's had you know, sort of 15 years or so as a lawyer and and playing this little game of of trying to find all the loopholes and the ways to uh, the legal ways let's let's be straight about that the legal ways to sort of reduce that tax liability and so i, I thought it'd be a great conversation being that it is theft season right now so uh, uh matthew thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate you taking the time to hang out i've never talked to an uh, agorist attorney before i have uh uh, a long-standing, I, I don't know, conversation with some of the the agorists about capitalism and and about the sort of idea of of counter economics and and maybe we'll have to have that conversation today, but or, or sometime other than today. But I, I I'm so glad that you were able to come here and talk to us about something that is a reality as opposed to just dropping completely out of the system. Uh, dropping entirely out of the economy, and, you know, doing the bum thing, whatever, growing all your own everything, producing all your own everything, uh, and sort of bartering and trading with people. There's there's no way to really avoid. Uh, if you have a business, certainly you have to do these things. You have to pay these taxes, and you have some of these. Uh, you have this experience with these people in these in this system. So I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come and chat with us. Are you there, Matthew? Something's not right, huh? Any clues uh, there, Sam? Don't know. I'm I here. Oh, there you are. Okay, I got you. <laughs> All right, thank you. Okay, can you uh, hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I hear you now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, technology, what are you going to do sometimes? Uh, so, yeah, you heard what I was saying. I just really appreciate you taking the time to come talk us, talk to us about these things because they are a reality for people and businesses and, and people who would you know, just as soon not pay taxes and, and not have to contribute to uh, this little corrupt system that they have going on. So thank you. Yeah, really glad to be here. Hoping uh, to help out your audience today. Yeah, well, I, I you already have. That's one of the things that's really cool. If you go to TowardAnarchy.com, you look for February 4th. There is a link there that Matthew created just for us that's on his website. And it is this, this white paper. Tell me about this white paper. So, yeah, it's uh, it's got sixty uh, over 60 different things that you as a business can write off. Nice. Uh, it's got a couple mixed in there that are also things you can write off personally on your taxes. 
And some things kind of, quote-unquote, everybody knows about, things like cell phones or travel. Um, but there are lots of little things that people don't know about. Like if you give a gift to your customers or your clients, that can be tax deductible. Well, that can be great if your customers or clients or your friends or family who are going to buy a gift for anyway, well, buy it through the company and some part of that you now owe us tax on. Just one more little thing along the line. It, I, there's there's so many of these. How thick is the tax code now? Do you know? Is it off the top of your head? It's ridiculous, right? No, nobody knows, but I mean, it's it, if you do just the tax code, and that's not like the regulations from the IRS, just the right. tax code is basically like the size of two big dictionaries, like really, really big dictionaries. And then the revenue rulings and the tax court rulings are easily 20 times longer than that. Right. Ridiculous. I, it's amazing that uh, that it, it's even, it even functions at all. It's, it, at this point, it just has to be this insane kludge, just like everything else, government. It's just too big. It's too much. And and it's hard. It's so hard to rein it in and control. It was impossible to do, you know, a long time ago. Let alone right now, where they have such a, a grasp over the economy and and the money. Uh, how did you get into this? How did you how you end up being an an, an, an agorist specifically? Um, because not everybody even knows what that. I type that word into most technology and it doesn't recognize agorist as a word it doesn't know that word <laughs> so i kind of got converted to libertarianism when i was in college uh by my friend adam martin he's now a professor at uh, texas tech actually in their economics department nice. and i that's actually why i went to law school it was like oh i'm going to be a constitutional lawyer i'm going to fix the system mm -hmm. Um, and by the time I was done with law school, I realized there really was no fixing the system. So I tended towards much more towards anarchism and screw it all, and I'll do what I can to help people, but we're doomed. And then, um, I don't know, probably about six years ago, I heard about agorism, and it's kind of a uh, a nice middle ground to me. It, agorism, it, it, and some people pronounce it, uh, pronounce it agorism, it's named sure. after the Greek agora, the marketplace. And so basically it's a realization that the marketplace is kind of the most important thing in society in terms of, you know, other than like family and religion for maintaining a society. And it recognizes that that's all markets. That's black markets. That's white markets. That's gray markets. You know, let the market do what it's going to do. And overall, it will tend to help you out. And so I kind of got really into that. It's like, okay, I can... I can work within the system when it makes sense to work within the system. And then if there are times I maybe work outside of the system, you know, I don't think there's anything immoral about that. I just need to be careful when I do it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, do it the right way. Play by their game, as it were, where you need to. So it's just simple. It's a, it's a CYA, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and like, I don't want to go to prison. I have a wife. I have three kids. My wife stays at home and takes care of the kids. So if I go to prison, she's got to go to work. My kids have to go to daycare. There's risks I'm willing to take, and there's risks I'm not willing to take because, you know, the consequences are too high. And so you spent some time just digging through there and just trying to find these different ways for people to to legally save uh, when it comes to the system, I, the IRS is just—it's just a criminal gang, right? I mean, it's just this weird quasi-legal, quasi-government uh, institution that it has so much power over everybody. It, you're right, and here's the scary thing: of like every revenue agency of every national government on earth, mm -hmm. it's probably the best because at least their mandate is oh. to collect the taxes owed. Whereas most other revenue services, their mandate is collect as much tax as possible. There's a difference there, <laughs> and I'm not sure it's a subtle one. <laughs> no, and, and so like the IRS is one of the few agencies that if you overpay and they realize you overpaid, they'll just send you a refund. Most of the other ones, you got to contact them and say, hey, I overpaid you. Can I please have my money back? So, again, as bad as the IRS is, and I'm not saying it's good by any means <laughs> – um, it could be worse. 
Yeah, fair enough. I, right? Well, that's isn't that true? Uh, seriously, of our entire existence here in America and under our system as it is, our government and and social uh, systems, they, they, it's just the truth of them. They they're and and that's why it's so dangerous that they get so big and they have so much power is that their ubiquitous nature. They're just everywhere and and into everything. At least I guess. We have that benefit of, of pretend, pretending that there's a benevolence be, behind it. There's I, the truth is is that all the laws, IRS, whether 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 it's IRS or whether it's political, local, whatever, it doesn't matter. If there's a, a a legal framework for it somewhere, at the end of the sentence is we will kill you if you don't follow along. IRS is kind of the same. Didn't they arm them with a bunch of shotguns and stuff not too long ago? <laughs> yeah, and, and even like the IRS, I get having guns a little bit compared to like the deep. Sure. The Department of Education has SWAT teams, right? Why does the Department of Education need a SWAT team and multiple SWAT teams? And yet we have to wait for we won't mention any names. Uh, you know, um, groups of individuals in uniform to hang out outside for 20 30 40 an hour whenever whenever is a, a problem at one of these schools um yeah <laughs> Jeez. boy we could just go on and on and on well it's all tied to the same thing though right uh, trying to figure out how to navigate your way through this game that they set up this system that they've set up and not just the 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 political one but this this financial one yeah and I, I like that you call it a game because that's actually how I treat it in many ways. You know, right. I'll, I'll be honest. I came into this because I like to run with the IRS hmm. and I came into this because it's a valuable service and I can feed my family by doing it. But part of it is like, I'm just a, I'm a puzzle solver as well. Like when you come over to my house, you see Sudoku puzzles and Kokoro and I play strategy games on the computer and the tax code is like the most complicated puzzle they've ever invented. Mm. So as much as I hate to admit it, like I kind of enjoy going through it and figuring out what's best for this client or that client. Because I, I kind of treat it like a game, even though it's a deadly serious one, obviously, um, if you get it wrong. Uh, yeah, I, no, that seems to make sense. I I think it's... I think it's a good idea for people to approach life as a bit of a game in general because you're constantly getting played by other people. Whether you think it's a game, whether it's really serious or not, you're constantly getting played by other people in there. Well, as a gamer, you, of course, you know NPCs and and their programming can change depending on who the programmer is and their be behavior can change and so we're always being acted upon acted upon by people who are playing a game with us or not whether you, so whether you believe it's a game whether you think that the the price is right or wrong uh, the the truth is is that everybody else is playing so if you if you get in there and you treat it sort of the same way if you learn how to play games you mentioned strategy games and playing strategy games on the computer it's amazing i you know i I play a lot of video games, but I don't play a lot of video games. I play more video games than than people who say they don't play video games, uh, but considerably less than people who do play video games. And and so I have uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours of uh, adventuring and questing and talking to pre-programmed people and ideas with the notion and the set and and learning to maneuver your way through and through them and around them there's some value in that yeah i think especially just going through stuff and, and trying it different ways kind of figuring yeah. out how yeah. systems work is really useful and you know again that's why that's part of what i do on the tax side it's like i've been through this enough times that while I certainly don't know everything, nobody can know everything about taxes. No one can even just read the whole tax code because there's so much of it. And they change it so quickly. Even if you read the whole thing, it'd be different by the time you were done. <laughs> but, you know, it's like I can at least I, – I know the major guideposts along the way to kind of say, oh, you're married. 
Look at this. Oh, you're not married. Look at this. Right. Oh, you have kids. Oh, they're adults. Look at this. Oh, they're minors. Look at this. Oh, you have some of each. Okay, look at this instead. You know, it's kind of, um, I, I have a, a competitor slash uh, friend who does kind of what I do, and he calls himself a Sherpa. Hmm. And I kind of actually like that. It's like we, we take you through this dangerous terrain in the safest way that there is. There's no guarantee you're going to be safe following us either, but you're probably going to be a lot safer following us than, you know, going out on your own. Well, yeah, then going out uh, out on your own. Exactly. Yeah, just somebody to show you the path. And that really is the trick. These All of these things, these seemingly uh, complicated, pseudo-complicated ideas, they're not that complicated when you boil them down to the simple steps that you have to take to get from A to B. You look at the problem, you say, all right, this is the problem. Uh, I, I have a, an idea of a solution. How do I get from problem to solution? What are the steps from there? And and you minimize it down to those. And, and that's exactly what I, I get exactly what you mean about the video games and about the trying the different uh, paths to to try to solve a problem. Uh, I I personally love the video games that have everything that you get to do a little bit of everything where there's puzzle solving where there's people pleasing where there's your little shoot them up and drive them to i it just kind of like life really is it's just not not that well yeah it depends on the neighborhood you're in uh, but yeah it just a big open world for us to kind of go out there and play in and uh, if you have those guides, those people to to lead you, the dungeon master, to point you in the right direction. Why? And it it can be really a bit of a a fun ride. And and in terms of this IRS thing, I mean, the the amount of money that you can save yourself, that you can save your company. What's a what's a big deduction that you find companies, uh, particularly maybe small companies. Uh, miss all the time is there something that just sticks out that every time you go to help a small company solve their taxes what did you go oh well yeah let's go look right here first so the first big one is just getting your company set up and the right structure okay. so 95 percent of people when you start a company you're going to not set up an llc or anything or even if you do you're probably going to be taxed as what we call the sole proprietorship mm-hmm and as a sole proprietorship, you not only pay all the ordinary income taxes, but on the first $160,000 you make, you're going to pay an additional 15% self-employment tax. Well, there's a lot of ways to cut that 15% down. No, not entirely. You can't get rid of it entirely. But let's say you're making $100,000. You can probably avoid it on $40,000 of that. Well, that's $6,000 in your pocket right there. Um, the other thing I really love to look at is if you have kids and if you can hire them in your business and you do it the right way, and particularly, so first of all, anything you pay them is a tax deduction for your business, and they have a standard deduction. So this year it's like $14,000. They get income tax-free. Well, pay your kids for what you're paying for them anyway. If they're in scouts, pay them and have them pay for scouts. If they're in, you know, getting music lessons or sports and there's expenses for that, pay them for something in your business and then have them pay for it. And, you know, a lot of people are spending four, five, six thousand dollars a year per kid on these extracurricular activities. If you've got three kids and you pay them each five thousand dollars a year, that's a fifteen thousand dollar tax write off. For most people, that's going to save you a minimum of about four thousand dollars. Um, even better, there's ways you can, again, get rid of that self-employment slash payroll tax. Ordinarily, you might owe them 15%, but if they're under the age of 17 and they're working for a parent, there are ways you can not pay any payroll taxes on them as well. Nice. And that's and that's exactly what I was talking about. That's exactly the kind of tip that um, I think a lot of people need because obviously America is small business. Uh, there's no question about that, and small businesses all fall into that same category. I've been through, I've been through all those sole proprietor LLC, but I own a comic book shop now. Uh, it, there's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a fun little uh, it, learning adventure. It really, truly is. I've, I've had fun uh, going along over the years and helping companies. Uh, 
frame themselves and to manage their system. I'm getting, I've got a big stack of this year's stuff. I'm getting ready to do the taxes for the comic book shop. It's sitting right back here behind me. Yeah, and, and again, it's like there's a lot of things, but I, I do want to advise your audience, you know, notice these qualifiers. Just because something works for 99% of people doesn't mean it works for you. So right. before you do any of this stuff, like do not do this on your own because it'll probably work out okay. But I've seen situations where people have listened to some of this advice on a podcast or found it online, sure. and it's like, oh, because of your particular industry, the rules are different and you can't do this. Or sometimes it's a state-specific issue. So I had one client who I was really proud. I found a way to save him about twelve grand a year in his taxes. The problem was that was going to raise his taxes in California by fifteen grand a year. Ouch. So obviously we didn't want to do that, but again, I could see how somebody not looking at the state side of things would say, Wow, this is fantastic. Twelve grand a year in savings. Yeah, you get well, I, I I guess where you really you have to do those things together. You def, you couldn't separate them. I as someone who's who's done those sorts of things for myself. I over the years, I it I wonder how somebody falls into that trap. But that's just it. Is because you don't see it coming. You just aren't really thinking about it, and and because it, it's not your day to day. It's not what you're doing, and and a lot of people, I suppose, are are just hands in the air when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> no, it, it is unfortunate. Probably about a third of my clients basically had tried to figure something out on their own mm-hmm. and decided this is just too complicated. You know, I should just spend more time. Fine, I'll just make more money in my business and y'all pay more in taxes, but at least I won't get in trouble. And I, I think it's not a dumb decision. You know, you've got to recognize your limitations. And, you know, if you're not a lawyer, if you're not trained in this sort of stuff, or you're not an accountant or something, maybe it's best to hire an expert. But like on the other hand, like I, I hate it when people give up because it's amazing again, like very, very commonly, very commonly yeah, I can lower I, somebody's taxes by a third. And taxes for most people are your biggest expense. Like if you don't have employees and you don't have rent and you don't have inventory, I guarantee you taxes are the biggest expense for your business. And even if you have employees and or inventory and or rent, it's it's probably in the top two to three of your biggest expenses in your business. I mean, by default, just for state, everybody, just that basic, you know, that sales tax collection that you have to do for the state all the time. I, well, most of us do. There's not many that, that can get away with it. Uh, but, I, you know, 10%, I'm constantly, you know, Four hundred, you know, forty dollars, a hundred dollars, five hundred. It's it's got to. It just has to go into escrow ultimately because uh, we make sure daily to put away that amount so that we don't ever get the, that that that's that's a direct business. If you don't own a business, you you may not understand that. But we have to file taxes monthly. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's one of the biggest mistakes I see in new businesses is them setting up and then going out and making money and not realize that legally they should be charging sales tax. And if the government catches you, they're going to say, we don't care if you collect it or not. You owe it. Yeah. Give it to us out of your pocket. And it, like, it if was anything the first worse thing than I having- insisted on when I went into the business. I, it was for to know you take the dailies and you put the tax aside. So no matter what, you don't have to worry about the state coming in and trying to close down your business. The bottom line, that's it. You have whatever else you do, you have that on your side that the day-to-day you're going to be able to keep going and and continue running your business, theoretically. (laughs) Yeah, there's that for the sales taxes, and then you should be putting money away for your federal taxes, too. And, again, like most people say, well, put a third away. Realistically, that's more than almost anybody needs to put away for taxes, um, but it's, just, it's a safe number for your first year or two. But then again, if you're not putting that money back into your business, you're slowing your business down. So yeah, it really is kind of hard. Um, you know, it's really hard for a, a brand new business. Once you're making a couple thousand dollars a month, I really recommend getting a bookkeeper. And there's lots of online bookkeepers. Um, I've seen it for as cheap as about a hundred dollars a month. 
most companies shouldn't be spending more than about 200 to 250 on it. But just knowing those, again, those daily numbers, those weekly numbers, those monthly numbers can really help you out. Yeah, yeah. It will create, you see patterns. You see, the, this is the, the fun of looking at numbers, right? And looking through uh, dusty tomes of IRS uh, regulations is is finding those patterns, see, connecting those dots and, and making something work for you, for your advantage. That's what it's all about, is trying to it, it, limit that tax liability. That's what we're talking to Matthew seriously about. Uh, we will uh, we'll chat some more with agorist attorney Matthew seriously right here when we get back on Toward Anarchy. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after exercise. It's amazing, and I ordered my second bottle. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product is what it claims to be. Great product. A few days in, and I could feel a difference for certain. Not checking medical stats yet. I know this is really working by how I feel. We'll continue to take this product. To order, call one 928 8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X T E N D O V I T E.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Go to republicbroadcasting.org, smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the United with States. With remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, the, uh, the dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Listening to Toward Anarchy with Michael Storm. I hear something saying. Uh, 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 okay. 
Okay, go, as always, go to TowardAnarchy.com if you want to follow along. Look for February 4th. You'll see I'm talking to Matthew Sersley. He's an uh, agorist attorney. He is an, an agorist tax advisor, agoristtaxadvice.com. Uh, uh, you can follow him on uh, X at, at agoristtax and on Facebook at agoristtaxadvisor. And we will jump right back into the conversation with Matthew in just a second. But I wanted to let you know what's coming up over the next few weeks. I'll be on the crypto podcast. This is a big deal uh, coming up on February 8th, and, and that'll follow. I'll post some stuff about that. But uh, 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 next week, Michael Anderson is on the show. And then the week after that, we have Stuart Kenneth Moore. Uh, we're going to talk about MK Ultra and the CIA, his graphic novel. Uh, and... Um, uh, Robert on the third. You don't know Robert. If I told you who Robert was, you, you might you might not know, but you're going to love him after we have this conversation. He's into some really neat stuff, uh, supporting uh, people like ourselves, people voluntarists and, and uh, agorists, agorists, uh, all of the the people working to find ways to limit their exposure. To, I mean, this is really, truly what this is all about. Limit the, their exposure to manipulated systems of control. That's it. That's a really, really fantastic way to put that. Uh, and uh, Luke Tatum will be back in. We'll talk about the infinite banking concept. Boy, it's all, I guess it's all about money right now this time of year. So just week after week after week of things coming up. So, you know, Follow along at Toward Anarchy. That's the best I can say because it, all the updates and everything will be there. And, of course, all the information about the guests and, and what um, you know, ways to get in touch with them. And if you like what you hear on the show, you like what they're saying, and they have something they're offering. Not everybody I talk to is offering anything at all by any means. Uh, but they, if they are and you like what you're hearing, those links are there at TowardAnarchy.com so that you can visit uh, those places and find out about those things. And while you're there on the Internet, visit RepublicBroadcasting.org and support the network because, man, we can't do it without you. We've been doing it for all these years because of you, and we hope to be able to continue to do that every single day until we just can't do it anymore, until the last breath. At least that's for me. Uh, click that Donate button there. Smash that Donate button. That's uh, just such a wonderful phrase. Smash it, baby. You'd love it. Uh, because smash has another meaning in pop culture. You don't care. You really, truly don't care. Uh, uh, call 1-800-724-2719 and go to extension 3 if you don't want to do the digital thing and click the button. Uh, or you can mail a check or money order to RBN 2251 Double Creek Drive, Round Rock, Texas 78664. And uh, shoprbn.com. That's, that's where the real magic is at, man. If you, you make that shoprbn.com blow up. Um, it, that's that win-win. You support the advertisers who uh, make it possible for us to be here each week and have these fantastic conversations like the one that I'm having with uh, Matthew Sersley here about uh, you know, just, just in general this sort of tax burden and some ways to – lessen that burden on your business and on yourself as an individual and he created a special white paper and i think you get you it's an email thing right you'll email it to him yeah you go to that link you put your email address in um that'll add you to my email list and i send out one tax email a week and about one business email a month um and they'll get that report and then again they'll get those weekly emails with just additional tax information and by the way, That's you mentioned really cool. uh, Luke Tatum. Luke Tatum is actually a friend of mine. I've oh, yeah, you know Luke? Him. So I would definitely uh, suggest people listen to that podcast, too, because he really knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I've had Luke on the show before. He's a friend of mine too, as well. Uh, it, it, that's really fantastic. It's cool. I love the you know, um, it's a small world. We all run in the same circles. It's it's kind of funny. So I, I kind of mentioned this at the at the beginning there. The um, the agorists and I have a little bit of a thing because I'm I'm kind of a stickler for language and for words, and I don't want to sacrifice what we the people do use and say to politicians or politics or any sort of systematic attempt to cancel the word or change what the word means. And so I, I, I poke at them 
and and I do it righteously because what happens is is I'll I'll speak to an agorist and I'll talk to them about capitalism. I'll talk to them about the banking system, about the money, about things like this, and they'll say very anti-capitalist things, and that's problematic for me. Or they'll or they'll say this is even worse. Or they'll realize that it's that there's not that anti-capitalist history that goes with the with the creation of uh, the of the agorist movement in the 70s. And there's uh, you know Derek Bros currently right now one of the main figures. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, he is popular, is known, and runs around. Um, uh, you touting the agorist view of life, and he has been known to say that agorism is not capitalism, and that's that's just a silly thing for me to say. And I'll explain this. We'll get all of this, and I'll, and you can respond back. I I'm really truly not picking on. Them. I really have no problem with them. I just try to help them a little bit with language, and and a little bit of understanding, and not pulling themselves into doing or believing that they're doing something entirely different than anybody else when they engage in economic activity. Uh, you know, they call it it's counter economics. Well, that's another silly thing to say. I can yes, counter economy. Sure, the current economy may not function in a normal. Uh, a healthy economic way, and therefore you need to counter it by participating in your own economy. That's absolutely 100%. But counter economics, that's nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. You're either conducting economic activity, which we all are all the time in every exchange that we make, including just the time that you and I are chatting together. It's an economic exchange. Uh, so it's a word game that I don't like to play, and it's the same with the capitalism thing. Capitalism is nothing more or less than right. Uh, the the my right, your right, their right, everybody's right, natural right to be the head decision maker of their own economy, and that, that's it. There's, there's nothing more to it. They they are the first person to decide what to do with their wealth and how to acquire it, and, and if they choose to do with it and, and gain it in, in ways that are consistent with non-aggression principles, uh, agorism principles, anything, that's, that's fantastic, that's wonderful, but that capitalism is not the reason people choose to use their capital, their property, their wealth, to do bad things, and and so that's my long. I just it's it's I'm in. I really enjoy the fact that you're uh, an an agorist attorney, and that you're involved in the this part of the system where you have to, where you, there's no question that it's a real thing that it affects people that it's a part of the economy and you have to deal with it is kind of the point that I was getting at in general. Well, that's lots to respond to. Um, I, I would say yeah, right. You don't have to. I'm not challenging you or anything. I made my statement, and the fact is, is that no, I, I have no problem with the agorists at all. Of course. Well, and I mean, so to me, I consider myself a capitalist and a libertarian and an anarchist and an agorist, and I don't right. think there's anything inherent in any of those philosophies that are contradictory. I think we as a society use them differently, but in a truly free market society, I don't think there'd be any difference between them at all. Yep. Um, yeah, you, know, most, you and I think alike, And like most people I know that call themselves libertarians, they, they're much more into political action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mo- most people I know who are anarchists have kind of said, there's nothing I can do other than take care of myself, and I'm not saying they're atomistic, but it's like, it's like they've kind of almost, many of them, not all of them, and hopefully not you, because you, you know, are teaching people, but I know a lot of anarchists who have kind of just kind of given up, we're all doomed, mm-hmm. we're just trying to survive. And that's kind of why I go with agorism in part is, to me, it's, it's a hopeful, it's a more hopeful thing than some other other ways of raising the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I use it because most people don't know what it is, and so there's right. not that baggage. Like, right, no, again, that's absolutely it, true. That's a, a, a fantastic and wonderful point, and that is at the the core of why I have made it a point to talk to the agorists that I have to point out to them because okay so if you cha- I've challenged them before uh, some of these people in question because I'll see something they'll say something uh, I'll hear something that they've said and it will be 
anti-capitalist. And I'll say, well, do you not understand that 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 is that goes against the nature of a voluntarist. It goes against the nature of an anarchist, uh, the, uh, the little L libertarian, even the big L libertarian. Uh, to suggest that anyone else should have the first or final say in what we do with our wealth. So it's a, it's, it's a, a little bit of a game that they like to play with themselves. And so it's, fu- it's fun to bring up the topics and have the conversations. And, and I assumed exactly what you said is that there's less baggage with the, the agorist, the agorist um, name – Unless you're talking to another anarchist who has seen the Derek Broses, who've read uh, what um, oh what the hell is the guy's name now? All of a sudden, it just went um, <laughs> the guy the guy who started the whole thing. Where it's obvious that they took the the left anarchist and sort of libertarian ideals and meshed them together in some sort of. Uh, weird attempt to create and I, I i hate to go off on it because it's just it just it's funny to me the way that people have to uh group up and do their thing it's a very natural thing for people to do and they're always just looking for that space and that place that they can fit in but then they they kind of go in a little bit blindly and a little bit silly and i say so if if i don't if i have what is the word that means for everyone that they have the that natural right to manage their own wealth well we've never come up with any other word that word is capitalism and so don't be afraid of the word embrace the word for everything that it is, not everything that every capitalist uses his money for. Yeah, but even then, remember you have to remember that capitalism was coined by Charles uh, by Karl Marx. So it's our enemies who keep naming us in a lot of cases as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Labels. Yeah, that's one of those conversations that we have to have um, in these circles. The voluntarists delivered it because we're all talking about generally the same sort of thing. And then there's these very limited views. We seem to have the political view in hand. You know, we're all on the same side on that. Where you know, Just leave us alone. Let us be. Um, leave people alone. And if they're not you know, hurting other people or damaging their property, then they're not committing crimes and they're not my problem. Uh, and, and they shouldn't be anybody else's problem at that point. We all seem to agree on that point of it, but then there's this weird division in the economics part of it, and and my again my point in all of this is is pointing out the fact that you are a bridge to this. This it truly is my point is that you are an interesting bridge that I've found to the 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 agorism and the capitalism in in this real world that you live in and that you have to navigate every day. It's, it's just an interesting testimonial, I think. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe it's true. <laughs> I really do, uh, because I've had those conversations with with the people, and they don't, you know, they're not. They, I don't want people to play a game with themselves and fool themselves into. Uh, I've found a new place. I've I found my new space when they don't really understand the place or the space and that that place or the space isn't the problem, that it's the ideas, the baggage that they bring with them uh, or that they choose to include in, in their understanding of things like the simple exchange between a couple of people. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, you know, there are certainly parts of the country where a whole bunch of liberal people have left to go someplace else and they've kind of messed up the new place. Um, I think that's overblown <laughs> in Texas. I'm in Texas, and if you look at the people choosing to move to Texas, mm-hmm. most of them are probably more conservative than the a- actual average Texan. But if you look at Cal- uh, Colorado, where I grew up, I mean, Colorado was red when I was a kid, and it yep. was purple in when I was, you know, 25 or 30 years old, and now it's very, very blue. And a lot of that is the, the Californians and the Washingtonians and the Oregonians you know, leaving their sinking ship and going to Colorado and kind of creating a new sinking ship. (laughs) 
I'm from Colorado, born and raised. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've mentioned it on the show how uh, how I watched it go from a, a, a rights recognizing, generally friendly, open, uh, a big city place on the front range uh, a, to just another leftist hellhole. I really, it's not as bad as as the those places that you can point to the left coast and and the chicagos and and detroit's and places like that but they they it's it's getting worse and city by city it continues to get worse and it and it's the leftist policies they're praising them had you seen this there uh, the network is in texas by the way so it, everybody is listening across the network live right now you can reach out to matthew uh, the um had you seen the thing that they did here in Denver with the paying homeless people, 800 homeless people, $1,000 a month? Had you had you read anything about that? I've seen similar things like that a couple of different places. I hadn't heard that Colorado and Denver were stupid enough to do it, too. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they're bumping it up, too. They're, they're going to add some more people to it. But it's funny as as they start to expose that it's mostly immigrants. Another conversation, whatever. Uh, but that's where the money is going. It's going to places like that. And then it's just silly that it's sort of 0.01% of the population and that this is going to affect some real change. Is it, is it a maybe a, I guess people are claiming that things like this are a test run for a, a, you know, a government stipend for everybody. Nobody gets to make their own economic choices anymore. Yeah, that, I mean, every time they try this, they say it's a test for some sort of a universal basic income or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's so dumb because, like, as you scale these programs, they're going to change. So trying it with a thousand or even ten thousand people, like, it's not going to work the same way when it's three hundred million plus. Yeah. People. Um, because like right well, now, of course like, it well, doesn't. Yeah, because it's not economics. They're not following an economic. They're not following a, the, to use one of their favorite words, a sustainable model to produce what it is that they're trying to create. There's and so as you scale it up, it's impossible to scale. Exactly, and and you know, it works because oh, when you're taking money from a million people to pay a thousand people. You don't need to take that much. When you're taking money from a million people to give it back to the million people, suddenly that starts being really expensive for the people who actually have money, and they leave. Well, and that says nothing at all about the people in the middle who are have to be paid to steal the money and, and to process the money and to print the checks. Yeah, absolutely. How many – at the end of this um, – this link that's up there, TowardAnarchy.com, look for February 4th. This link that we're talking about, this is a uh, a white paper that Matthew's created, and, and it's just advice, you know, but mostly business, right? But there's some stuff there for, for individuals as well. Correct. Yeah. It, I mean, just the, fa- the fact of the facts code, uh, the fact of the tax code is the first 50 pages say you pay taxes. The rest of it says unless. But about 99% of that, unless, only applies to businesses. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but there are things you can do. My, my, one of my favorite things to do, if you have health insurance, if you're you know, not doing a health share program or something like that, are what are called HSAs. Um, uh, the health savings account are great because the money you put into it is tax deductible, and then when the money comes out, it's not taxed as long as you're spending it on medical expenses. Right. And the, ca- the categorization of what are medical expenses is far broader than most people would assume. Um, you know, if you have a child who is dyslexic or autistic or something like that and you need additional care for them, you can pay for that out of an HSA as well. Uh, you can even put it towards, if they're going to a special school, towards the tuition at that school. And at least make part of that a tax write-off. Obviously, there are limits to how much you can put in, so you're not going to be able to pay for a school out of this entirely. Um, but it helps. There are other things you can do, IRAs and 401ks. And if you don't have a business, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, well, um, uh, frankly, on the, the the individual end of it, that's why we have Luke coming in here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> He's come back to talk about that infinite banking concept because that's where you take 
And all of these services and things that banks and insurance companies offer you, you basically pay for them. You pay yourself for them. You you take it to the next extreme level. And we'll talk to to Luke about that in a few weeks. He's a, he's in on March 10th. Uh, we'll talk to him about that more specifically for the the individuals and trying to to save and protect themselves and some generate some wealth and save some wealth and protect some wealth. Uh, the um, the business end of it is a big thing for me because I think you know we're in our sort of last the last of our early years here in in the comic book shop. Uh, we won't be able to uh, we won't be able to go forward without regular employees and things like that. I'm sure you deal with this in a, all the time if you deal with small business people. Uh, you know they work for themselves. They don't necessarily have employees. They have just enough money that if things are the, the you know the keeping the store open and and it's just a juggling trick. Uh, that these are these tips that are at the end of that link. They're going to help somebody like that. Yeah, it's funny. So I'm, I'm actually a gamer too. Um, I I'm part of a group where we're trying to teach a bunch of preteens and teens how to game. And there's like three adult um, game masters who kind of do it together. And we do it in a local gaming shop. And it's like there's an owner, and he's there whenever the business is open, except for like. 12 hours a week, he has two other, like one other person who comes in to help out. <laughs> and, Are mean, you sure you don't keep... shop in my store? <laughs> uh, pretty sure I don't because I know what you look like <laughs> and I know what this guy looks like. But, yeah, right. No. Um, and we're a little ways away from each other as well. No, it, I'm just, it, obviously, I'm getting at the, the point that, that it's really the same thing. It absolutely is. I'm doing the same thing. And, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I practically grew up in card shops. I played magic almost professionally. Like, I actually did make some money. Yeah, like, not, yeah. not more than You'd what I You'd love my store. Like, You'd I, love the I, people who hang out in my store. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really sad. That whole culture, it seems like because of everything online and Amazon and everything, you don't need the gaming shops anymore. Um, and it's just, it's rough for you guys, I know. Yeah, it's it's not it, the the trick is just diversifying, just like any business. Diversify within our means. You know, it's a comic book shop, it's a game shop. We carry toys. You know, we carry pop culture items in and around that, and we just try to you know make the the smart buys. You know, the new release of Magic, yeah, probably going to do okay. Uh, you know, the latest eh, issue of such and such comic from another one of those companies, probably not as well uh yeah that's awesome that's uh, it's always great to meet another gamer and a uh another enthusiast of solving puzzles and putting things together it's been real great talking to you we're just about out of time here in fact uh, let me just so everybody's listening take the opportunity to do that go go to towardanarchy.com look for february 4th if it's not right there on the front page if the link's not right there on the front page just go to the episodes button and it'll be in there and all the ways to get in touch with Matthew and find out more about him, what he's got going on as the Agorist Tax Advisor. They're all up there, uh, X, Facebook, and, of course, the link, com slash toward anarchy, uh, will take you right to that li- uh, the the email list where he will send you that white paper. And, and then, uh, you know, this is um, – we have to have this conversation again <laughs> we have to have you back because yeah there's the music right there I really appreciate you taking your time Matthew I, I, I really do yeah love to come back just let me know when you want me back yeah you bet we will definitely chat about it this is another successful pod match match in case anybody is interested this pod match system is wonderful uh, next week Michael Anderson is going to be on the show and until then take care Hi. 
Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 carcass drop and lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation, but today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. 417-932-6419. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. 